0: Hi there and welcome to Spiritpreneur Success Strategy with Abiola Abrams. This is a four-part free course that I created just for you to celebrate the launch of my new sacred business Academy bootcamp. It's actually called become the guru bootcamp and it's guru training for you to be able to go out into the world and do your thing. I was putting together these notes and I was going to post it, uh, to my inner circle. Uh, that means the people who are subscribed to me and my sacred bombshell tribe. And then I thought, why don't I put this together as an additional free course, just so that, you know, whoever happens upon this course can be empowered in their business and start using it today. So I have my notes here. I have all kinds of things that I want to share with you. Please have nearby something to drink. See, I've got my uh, <laughs> my huge pink water have something to write with. My uh, one of my favorite notebooks. And be ready because I'm going to give you Spiritpreneur success strategies. I always offer soul care skills and strategies to help you get where you're going. So have something to write with. Go ahead. I'll wait. (laughs) And then we will begin. This is part one. As I said, of a four part series in each part of this program, I'm going to share with you Spiritpreneur success strategies, as I said, that you can start using today in order to make your mark. I want you to tap into your miracles, magic, and mojo. I want you to live your passion, pleasure, and purpose. I want you to share your mission, message, and movement. And I want you to find your voice and to continue to answer your calling, to rise into your shine, to step into your greatness, and to rock your business. And so the reason why I'm doing this is that the... People that I tend to attract, my sacred bombshell tribe, a lot of you are heart-centered entrepreneurs. And it became increasingly urgent for me as you started asking for these services, as my one-on-one coaches started to ask for these services. As you know, I went out speaking to women's groups, that my job is to help you to take your self-love into self-launch. All right? So let's get started. As promised, in this first training, I'm going to share with you the one success strategy behind every successful spiritpreneur that you can think of. And I promise you, it won't be what you think. Okay? So, oh, if you happen to be watching this, like if you're looking over a friend's shoulder or something like that, I want you to make sure to register So that you can get your own cheat sheets, uh, homework assignments, other goodies, and you could be on the list to know when things like this are going on. There are booklets that are going to be going with this course, and I want you to be able to get them. So head on over to BombshellMyBusiness.com and register, and then come on back and continue watching. Okay? BombshellMyBusiness.com. Got it? Good. All right. So here's the deal, my little chickadees. Passion is not a business plan, and hope is not a success strategy. I'm gonna say that again, because you may think that may be a little bit weird coming from me. Passion is not a business plan, and hope is not a success strategy. Let me tell you who I am. Allow me to reintroduce myself if you are unfamiliar, if I'm new to you. As I said, and as it says down there, I am Abiola Abrams. I am the author of the forthcoming Sacred Bombshell Business Bible for Spiritpreneurs. That's my upcoming book, and I'm the author of the award-winning Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self Love. I am known as the midwife for your inspired life because I am a woman's a woman's self uh, self worth coach. Sorry, my cat is doing some weird things. Wait, Kitty, wait. (laughs) That's Annabelle. You'll meet her if you hang around my blog enough. As I said, I'm a women's self love and self worth coach. I am an advice columnist. I am an in demand transformational speaker. And I've brought my messages of empowerment to networks from MTV to the BBC, and now I'm bringing them here to you and showing you how you can do the same. One of my specialties is being a passionate living coach. I empower women to get unstuck and to bring the power of passion to their entire lives the work life, your relationship life, to every aspect of your being so that you can find your voice and answer your calling. So, May sound strange, right? Given all of that, what I said before, but I'm going to say it again. Passion is not a business plan and hope is not a success strategy. All right, let's get into it. I went to a networking event last night. And it was actually pretty cool. It's this event in the city. And there was this amazing woman there who had a business that she opened seven months ago. It was an accounting business. And she has been stuck on her website. So she launched the business, but she hasn't brought in any new clients because she she hasn't launched her website. And she's kind of stuck in this analysis paralysis that I witness a lot amongst my heart-centered entrepreneurs, my conscious entrepreneurs, my spiritpreneurs. I have a client, actually a new client who is a lawyer who wants to become a chef and she is stuck on her business cards. She has been unable to move forward for months because she doesn't have the right business card. She can't figure it out, the business card and the logo and whatever. And she's caught up in all of those things. Well, a business card is not a business plan either. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, these things matter. I'm into business cards as much as the next person. In fact, just last night I bought an exciting uh, new business card, monogram business card case that I love that you can find on my Instagram. I'm excited about it. But that is not a business plan either. And that is not going to be the path to your success. We get so caught up in the minutia and the little things that do indeed matter that we don't get to step into the big things and the things that that do matter. So I'm gonna talk to you in a future lesson about what guru status truly is and why becoming the guru of your niche, of your industry is key and essential to what you wanna build, to getting your mission and your message out there and turning it into a movement. But for now, I wanna get into, as I said, as I promised you, sharing what the single biggest success strategy is that successful spiritpreneurs use. I'm also going to share with you the steps to make a business plan because many of you have come to me and and have expressed during our Spiritpreneur School podcast a kind of an obsession with it. And I'll talk to you about what parts of a business plan matter more than others and whether you need one at this point and how you should approach it. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So Of course i'm assuming if you are watching this that you are a good person with best intentions and the work that you want to bring forth into the world is really needed and necessary how do i know that because i believe that your birth certificate is proof that we need what you have all right and that's why this is called spiritpreneur school that the tribe that i tend to attract you tend to be heart-centered entrepreneurs with something really important to give birth to, really passionate people. And so when I say passionate is not a business plan, I know that that hits hard. And I wouldn't have believed it myself seven years ago or so when I was operating as if passion was my business card. If I could just be passionate enough, if I could, you know, out-passion and outwork and out-man and out-woman everybody, I could get to what I want to achieve and accomplish. But it ain't so, mama. (laughs) It just isn't. There is something that trumps passion. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But I want to just share with you my coaching method. I think that something that I bring to the table that for me is a really important part of every program I build is that I coach with soul care, skills, and strategy. Most coaches just work with skills and strategy which are very, very important and key to getting to where you, get, you wanna get to. However, most of us, for example, if you ask people how to lose weight, you eat, you eat less and you move more. We all know that. And still we are the most overweight country on the planet. Why? Because soul care is essential. So I work with strengthening your inner game and your outer game so that you can surmount all of the things that are, key, are in your way You know that um, I think that it's the third lesson that I'm going to be doing in this four lesson piece where we're going to the fourth and the third and the fourth lesson where we're going to address all of those inner game things that hold you back. Because if we just were able to just know A, B, C, D and just do it, then we would. But we also need to dissolve the barriers and the blocks and those limiting beliefs that we have that hold us down. Barriers, blocks and limiting beliefs. All right, because we're human and we have issues, and you know, it's a it's a part of being human. You're not alone in this. Let me just share with you this. As I said, I'm gonna get into it deeper in a in an upcoming lesson, a future lesson. But let me just tell you this: that whatever you think has been holding you back in your spiritpreneur ventures, in your business, you are not alone. That I sent out a call to my tribe about a month ago, and I said, Hey, let me know. The things that you feel are your biggest obstacles and challenges in building your business, and finding your voice, and answering your calling. And the reason I sent that out is that I wanted to make sure that I could properly be of service to my highest and best good and be able to uh, be of service to the people who are coming to me to give them what they need. And you would think that the list would be things like resources, connections, networks, um Money, all of those things, which, yes, some people said were obstacles and challenges, but it was the inner game that was holding people back. People pleasing, what will they think of me? Self-doubt, that was a big one. Confidence, you know, wanting to to conquer, being afraid of judgment, uh, rejection. So you're not alone, and we're going to definitely address those things In this spiritpreneur success strategy mini course all right so now what trumps passion if I'm telling you that passion is not a business plan and hope is not a success strategy what trumps that actually two things I have for you two things that your successful spiritpreneur brothers and sisters can point to the first is what I call your unique guru proposition. Write that down. Unique guru proposition. Now in in business school, they call this sometimes a unique value proposition that you will see a lot or your unique selling proposition i call it your unique guru proposition because there's a little bit more into it and as i said in the next lesson i'm going to get into the importance of guru positioning for bringing forth your powerful messages into the world so what is your unique guru proposition it is what makes you unique in the marketplace And a big part of it stems from not your passion, which is important. We need passion so that we could raise the vibration on everything that we're doing to be able to align ourselves with the things that we want to create in the world. But your unique guru proposition is based in part on your mission. Mission trumps passion. In this arena write that down your mission and so that's why one of the things that I do when I'm working with my one-on-one coaching clients and even when I speak to groups is talk about the importance of having a mission statement and creating a mission and so passion is great but what is your mission number one number two what is your unique group proposition your unique guru proposition is what makes you different than all of the other people. If you are a fashion designer, why should I come to you rather than all of the other designers? If you are an author, uh, many of you want to be authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, trainers, and do the things that I'm doing, why should we come to you? There are thousands, not you know, a million at this point, life coaches. Why should we come to you? And the reason is you know if you're wanting to be a media personality what is your unique guru proposition you have to find what makes you unique in the marketplace if you know for example i wanted to get uh go out and buy um i don't know bottle of water i could stop at any bodega because any bodega bodegas are little corner stores in new york city Because they they are kind of a dime a dozen. You may have your favorites because they're the people that you have there that you go and you say hi to. But they're kind of all, you know, the same. You can switch one out, one for the other. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be just interchangeable. Like, okay, if we don't go to her, we'll just go to the next person. With whatever it is that you're doing, you want to have a unique guru proposition. What makes you absolutely the person to come to for what it is that you are offering in the tribe that you are serving. Got it? For example, my unique guru proposition is not only that I'm a coach, big deal, who isn't? (laughs) Lots of people are coaches, but I also coach only women. Okay. A lot of people coach only women, but I'm very specific about that. And then with my personal mess my personal mission that I am a spirit-based a faith-based coach and so that is very important That is a part of my work, a part of my coaching message, a part of my mission, a part of my movement, a part of what I put out into the world. And I am a self-worth coach. And so if you put those four things together, there's a very specific tribe that's going to be attracted to that. And so you creating your unique guru proposition is not going to make you appealing to everyone. That's the other part of this equation. Write that down. I am not for everybody. (laughs) I know that I'm not. I'm absolutely not for everybody. There are some people who, you know, would be attracted to a different kind of a coach. And that's great. They should go out and get the person that best serves them, that best makes them feel empowered, that best gives them what they need in order to get where they want to be. That for me, I bring soul care skills and strategy to help you rock your life. And so that is a very specific and special thing that will turn some people off. Some people don't want a coach that prayed before she got on this call. Some people don't want a coach that has on her desk, you know, some healing amethyst that has, you know, her Tibetan singing bowls that she used for her last meditation course that she put together. Some people don't want that. And that is okay. That is absolutely okay, nothing is wrong with that. Some people don't want a coach that created African goddess affirmation cards. Some people may find that weird or strange, but for me, these things are empowering, these things are part of my mission, these things are part of why I was born and why I'm here on this planet and a part of my service. And so I want you to write your mission statement for your business and come come at it from a point of service if for example you are wanting to be a media personality or a singer what 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 is your unique guru proposition why is it that you know There's some people like me i like I, i like beyonce and rihanna love both of them but for very different reasons and they have very different fan bases because they each have a very different unique guru proposition my new dentist that i go to she specializes only specifically in whitening teeth and you know then she has other things that specifically she specializes in and so you wouldn't go to her necessarily if you had a cavity or whatever yeah she could handle that but She has a very specific unique guru proposition. And that is the thing that every single successful spiritpreneur that you can think of brings to the table. That is what you need to have. What is your unique guru proposition? What makes you unique in the marketplace? Like I said, with the bodega example, for example, um, Example, for example, Uh, that, you know, you could go to any bodega and grab a bottle of water. However, if I want to get my kefir, which I pronounce uh, differently than most people I realize, um, I think some people pronounce it kefir, whatever, um, or some kimchi. I would probably go to Whole Foods because I know what they have. And I'm their tribe, they, and vice versa. They are, they cater to me. Some people don't like Whole Foods. They're turned off by the whole mission. They don't like a store that, you know, maybe is, they feel like it's judgmental and telling them what they can eat and can't eat and they can't buy soda or whatever. That's fine, that's great. Will you turn some people away and some lose some clients or customers if you have a unique guru proposition? Yes, but by going deep, you can go wider. There's a saying, the riches are in the niches, niches, you know, but niches doesn't rhyme with riches. (laughs) So it's the riches are in the niches. That the more niche that you can serve your tribe, the more deep you can go with them and the more things that you can come up with to serve them. And so, again, for example, for me as a faith-based self-worth coach for women who have a calling and want to give birth to it i can go deep with you because i am not only i am you but i can i can be able to be responsive and you into your be responsive to your needs in a way that i wouldn't if i was trying to serve everybody and that's what i meant when i said that seven years ago i wouldn't have believed that passion didn't trump everything that in the next lesson i'm going to get into a bit more about my personal story and my personal growth and evolution as a spiritpreneur But I'll just tell you this for now, that a few years ago, you know, my book had come out, I was hosting a show for BET, and I was kind of new, I wanted to do empowering content, it was all kind of hazy, didn't have a clear mission, and I had all of these meetings with networks. And I would sit down and I would pitch them my show and I would tell them I wanted to have this, you know, kind of this this talk show that I wanted to do. Uh, And it was actually kind of very similar to Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, which is awesome. Love Andy, love Bravo. But and so, you know, and, and at that time, they didn't understand an interactive thing where people are tweeting. They're like, what? What are you talking about? But then they would ask me always to a network, to a person, who is your show for? Who is the audience? Who is the demographic? Who is it aimed at?" And I would say every time, it's for everybody. And the meetings would end soon thereafter. And I didn't realize until years later when I did my own analysis of my journey and where I've been and learning how to uh, to be introspective and, be, and take analysis of various parts of my journey as a spiritpreneur that I was saying I'm for everyone, and that, it, do, it just doesn't work. If you look at TV, for example, every channel outside of the networks has a very specific demographic. I know that even actually with network TV, that the only network really that I watch outside of you know cable channels is, I watch ABC. If there are things I'm going to watch, it's going to be on ABC. I don't really watch a lot of the networks. I haven't. I don't know if CBS is even still on my channel or, you know, some of the other networks and, you know, much respect to everyone at CBS. But they each have a unique proposition, unique selling proposition that appeals to a certain demographic, you know. So there are different people that watch Oxygen, then watch Weed, then watch Lifetime, then watch the Hallmark Channel, even though all of those channels target women. Got it? Got it. OK, so. You want to have a mission. You wanna, you're writing this down so that you can do this homework. You want to have a unique guru proposition. And then I'm going to go into for you just so that you have it since I've been telling you what isn't a business plan, what is in a business plan. All right. I'm excited about this. <laughs> oh, I want to add this. Uh, that with your unique selling proposition, which is called your unique guru proposition, you also want to be sure of what your unique guru offer is. What is it, again, specifically that you bring? And you want to be clear about this. And this is something that once you have it and you're sure of it, it's going to affect every aspect of your business. Studies show, for example, that when people come to your website, like when people come to sacredbombshell.com or whatever your.com .com or .whatever is, that you have 10 seconds, 10 seconds before they decide, is this for me or is this not for me? So they are picking up all kinds of subliminal clues that say, this is for me or not. And so if you are not specifically speaking to them and you're trying to speak to everybody, you are speaking to no one. All right. So. That part of the lesson is i am not for everyone and neither are you so actually before we get to the business plan i want to just give you some tips on how to develop your unique guru proposition all right so ready so okay so number one figure out who is your ideal client or as i happen to call them and seth godin one of my favorite marketers your tribe who is your tribe who is it that you serve who are you in service to one of the things that i like to advise coaching clients to do is to create what's called an avatar no not like the movie but a very specific detailed who are you serving what is her or his what is this person's age where do they shop what do they eat what do they um what kind of media do they take in where do they what do they do for fun do they vacation do they have a passport you need to know your ideal person who is your ideal client inside and out and see that is one of the things that we don't realize as an entrepreneur as a spiritpreneur that you get to choose your clients you get to choose your customers by what it is that you offer And that is a very powerful thing and a wonderful thing about the symbiotic relationship. See, a lot of people also, one of the things that came up on the inner game issues that I've been talking to people about is a lot of people don't feel comfortable, for example, selling. You know, people don't want to be salesy. They don't want to turn people off, that sort of thing. However, if you had the cure to something that was ailing me and you did not offer it to me. You are doing me a disservice, right? You know, um, the way that I heard one of my favorite uh, fellow coaches put it the other day that, yeah, it's annoying if you knock on your neighbor's house at 3 a.m., but if his house is on fire and what you are bringing is word that his house is on fire, you think you're a little more welcome? Well, when you're more clear about your unique guru proposition and you're more clear about who your tribe is, then you can better be in service by giving them what they want and need. People do business with people that they know, like and trust. And so that doesn't come from, you know, you trying to gain people or anything crazy like that. If that's what you want, this is not. Let me just put this out there. I'm not the coach for you. This is not the training for you. If you want to somehow game people or fool people or anything like that, I'm all about transparency. I'm about authenticity and I'm about service. And that is where I'm coming from. Whether you are wanting to be, um, you're wanting to be a makeup artist or a Senator. So again, (laughs) I'm not for everybody. Like I said. Okay. So How to develop your unique guru proposition? We said number one, uh, who's your your ideal customer, your ideal client? Number two, uh, best is not a unique guru proposition. If you say, okay, there are 10 bodegas on this block and I'm the best bodega. No, that's not a a unique guru proposition because best is subjective. For example, I, as I said, I'm a big Bravo fan. I watch The Housewives. It is my guilty pleasure. I enjoy it, and I also do market research to just see on Twitter, and it's fun what people are thinking, you know, while they're live tweeting The Housewives. And so someone will do something, and someone will say, "Oh my God, I hate her. She's disgusting. Why is she on the show?" And right behind that, someone else will tweet, "I love her. She's the only reason I watch this show." Someone will tweet. Oh, her hair looks terrible. Someone will tweet, wow, she's never looked better. And that's because best is subjective. So if your only unique guru proposition is to be better than the person with the, the other person that's doing the exact same thing, don't try to win at better. Win at being unique. Got it? Yeah, I know you do. All right. Number three, get personal. Let your personality flag shine. Like, this is who I am in all my Abiola-ness. Again, you are not for everyone. And the people who, you know, if someone, for example, is watching this and they prefer a more stodgy coach that is going to, I don't know, that is older, that is not going to um, (laughs) have a singing bowl on her desk and an altar nearby, then that's great. They should get that. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I want you to also approach your business from a place of authenticity, because this is who I am all day, every day, you know? And so, of course, like everyone else, we all have nuances. You know, you act differently, I'm sure, you know, with, a, with your lover than you do at a funeral. It's a weird uh, analogy. I don't know where that came from, but it's true. that We all have nuances, but if you can be authentically you, the people who are your tribe will resonate with that. People are not stupid. People can see someone trying to scam them a mile away. And that's why I said if you have something smarmy going on, I'm not the coach for you. Let your personality shine. Be authentically you. Someone may be able to beat you at best at being trying to be the best. But no one can ever beat you at being you, and that's what it really means when I say that you are not in competition with anyone but yourself. If someone else tried to win at being a Guyanese, uh, a Guyanese self-worth coach who is here with her woman tribe, what she would not be able to hang, because that is me being me. So be personal, be personable, and share yourself with your tribe and what it is that you're doing. Okay. So, your unique guru proposition is not your slogan. It's not your catchphrase. It's not your positioning. Okay. So, you know, like McDonald's had the saying, I'm loving it. That's not their unique value proposition, their unique selling proposition, or their unique guru proposition. They have something very specific. People want to go to McDonald's for certain things, then they wanna go to Wendy's for other things. People, because they appeal to, you know, different people at different times or the same person at different times, but they offer a different uniqueness about them. So what you're putting together when you put together your mission and when you put together your unique guru proposition is not the slogan, it's not a catchphrase, it's not your positioning. Got it? Okay, number five. When you're putting together your unique guru proposition, ask yourself, how am I useful? You know, I almost called it a useful guru proposition because it can easily be interchanged in that way because it's about you being of use to the people in your tribe, being of service. And there are many ways to be of service. Alicia Keys, I feel like, you know, I'm a member of her tribe, big fan that, you know, and Erica Badu and, you know, all the neo soul singers, they are of service because they offer solace and comfort. You know, when I've had a long day and I put on some Jill Scott, ah, oh, it's amazing and it refreshes me and so they that is their unique group proposition and what they are bringing into the world so ask yourself with whatever you do how are you you useful to your tribe to the people that you serve okay uh number six write this down in big letters don't be a copycat don't just don't do it it's just so <sighs> sleazy slimy and lazy i over the years have seen so many different people, you know, copy things that other people I admire do and copy things that I do. And it's just not what you want to do. Be uniquely you. It's just lazy. And as I I said, you're not going to win trying to be more Ianla than Ianla, beloved. (laughs) You're just not. And so be you. Don't you know, it's, it's I know it's very tempting to go and try to copy what someone else is doing or especially, you know, when you're being coached, you know, like, oh, well, I'll just go and do what is doing. No. Trust yourself that you have something special within you, that you have your own gifts and genius that you have to bring into the world. And so don't cheat us by just trying to become a clone or a copy of someone else. Really, just don't. Don't do it. Bad business. Bad business. Yes. Yes. Okay, and then number seven, what we've been talking about all throughout is be genuine and be authentic. All right, so that is how you develop your unique guru proposition. (laughs) All right, so I'm laughing at myself. I I amuse myself. I'm laughing at my my accent. All right, so here are the 10 crucial sections of a business plan. Now, for those of you who have been listening to my free weekly podcast, Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect, as you see, I've been talking, having amazing dialogues with all kinds of powerful spiritpreneurs, and many of you have wanted to know from them, do you have a business plan? And some of them did, those who wanted to raise extra money from other people. Most of them did not, people who went into business using their own resources, But they did have the elements of a business plan in place. And so, what I would say in terms of, you know, do you need a business plan? Do you not need a business plan? You need to absolutely have researched and thought about and worked on all of the elements of a business plan for you because you need to know your business's strengths and challenges better than anyone else. And so, it doesn't have to be a formal document that you're putting into the world unless you are wanting to raise money or you know pitch or propose yourself uh, to say angel funders or you know that sort of thing but if you are just you know putting up your shingle and saying here I am this is what I do then you just want to make sure that you have all of the elements of a business plan that you have for yourself and again it doesn't have to be a formal thing. It doesn't have to be. It just has to be that you have done the work on creating your business. All right. So uh, the 10 and the 10 crucial sections of a business plan. I'm actually going to give you 13 because one of the things that I pride myself on doing and that you should do too is to over deliver. So the 13 crucial sections of a business plan now business plans to me used to seem so mystical and magical and you know scary frankly and then i realized that for me as an author writing book proposals a book proposal is a business plan for your book and writing tv proposals you know to bit yourself and, and you know this is all guru work things that that um i'll be doing in the become the guru program but that That is, in essence, creating a business plan. And so I'd created business plans for TV shows, you know, media programs and, you know, um, classes specifically and books, but they all had different names. They were called proposals or pitches or whatever. So this is, so don't let the word business plan intimidate you. All right. Okay. Let me adjust my microphone. Okay. All right, so the crucial sections of a business plan. Number one, your purpose. Write that down. Again, your mission. Why are you in business? What is the purpose of what you're doing? You can rearrange the sections as needed for your purposes of your plan. But yeah, what is your purpose? What is the purpose of this plan? What is the purpose of your business? Be clear, be succinct, be on point. A lot of times when people you're trying to raise money or get a deal, for example, with the book book uh, proposal, when you're trying to get a book deal, some people won't even read. A lot of times I've been mess- in meetings with people, TV people, and they didn't even read a proposal. You know, you put together a whole thick document. They don't even read it, but they want to know that you have done the work and that you know, you know what you know. <laughs> so your purpose is number one. Number two is your executive summary. Okay, writing this down. Number three is your company description, and in the company description, these are all self-explanatory for the most part. Um, you are, and what you want to get into as much detail as possible. You want to also be honest; don't lie. You want to strength stress your strengths, you know, and downplay your weaknesses, you know, like show. Okay, well, I have done. X amount up to this point but here's how i plan to get further here's what my objective is to, to move forward and that sort of thing but you never ever want to lie okay in life or in your business plan certainly not in your business plan it's too easy to check things out it's just better to just be straight up all right so number one purpose number two executive summary number three company description and then number four your industry market and competition analysis in a book proposal or in a TV pitch, this is you know just knowing what your the the same books are that would be on the bookshelf or the same TV shows that your uh, demographic would be watching. In a uh, business plan, it's your industry, your market, and your competition analysis that you know if you are a, a dry cleaners, for example. That sounds like it could be a boring business, but with your mission, with your purpose, and the passion as a spark, although passion is not a business, a success strategy, it's still key and important, the passion spark, it then can be something different. That for a long time, my favorite, favorite, favorite laundry in Manhattan was a business called Ladies Who Launder. And the reason is, is that when they deliver your laundry to you, they delivered it in boxes, wrapped in leopard paper, like gifts, and it smelled like heaven. And it was just, it's an incredible experience. And they cost a little bit more, but for people who want that, it's worth paying for that extra that they bring and so if you were writing a competition analysis and you were a cleaners or a laundry then you would write about how your business is different than that business what you bring to the table that they have that they don't have you would compare and contrast yourself in the competition in other words why should we come to you why you why this business why now that is the basic thing whether it's a book proposal whatever why you why this book why now why you, why the speech, why now? Why, why, why should we be listening to you, all right? So number five, customer analysis. We have been talking about that, analyzing your customer and your avatar. Number six, management and organization, self-explanatory. You wanna just go into uh, the structure basically of your organization, of your business. Number seven, product line and services. So what is it, what's your business model? What is it that you offer? What do you, for example, you wanna be clear about each service being something different for me, you know, um, and and this is because most of us want to have multiple streams of income and multiple ways to service. So product lines that I offer, I do one-on-one uh, elite coaching. I also do group coaching. I give speeches. I create online programs like this. I create products like the affirmation cards, like my books, publishing, um, and audio, like audiobooks and my meditation albums. And so that's a number of different kinds of products and services. So you want to do the same with your business, okay? Number eight, marketing and sales plan. In many ways, this is one of the most important sections in your business plan or proposal or whatever you're doing, especially, you know, if you're trying to write a book or pitch a TV show or whatever, you have to have that marketing down. How are you going to give this, get this out into the world? How are people going to find you? number nine operations did i put operations twice no okay good number nine operations as i spoke about before you know people want to (laughs) know operations are basically how you operate how will your business operate they want to know and trust you they want to you know people do business with people they know like and trust number 10 oh this is what i put twice management team number 11 requests if it's a request for funding, being specific about what that request is, why is it needed, how will the money be used? You might want to brush up on watching some episodes of Shark Tank, which I love and adore, one of my favorite shows. And you want to just be, again, transparent, be clean, be honest, do your research, do have, have the people that you are approaching, if you're doing crowdfunding, um, You know, that that's a business by itself. But if you are going to angel uh, funders, have they funded your specific kind of business? Do they already have your business in their portfolio? Is what you're bringing to them their area of expertise? So you want to just do your research, okay? Number 12, financials. Be clear and be transparent. What are the financials of your business? And again, you know, you can say, here's what we're trying to get to. This is how we evaluate our business. And here's why financials number 13 the appendix is the extra section where you can put things like media and press that you've gotten and include clippings and if you've been if you have a write-up in forbes or fortune or you know something like that or if you are say a chef who's creating a line of foods cooking and cooking light or red book or you know if you are a makeup artist and you have a vogue or cosmo write-up whatever it is those things would go in the appendix okay any other additional materials so those are the things that put together a business plan. We have, just to recap, we have talked about what the, the critical things that are needed if you are wanting to be a spiritpreneur. We talked about the fashion that, the, 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 we talked about the fashion is not a business plan and neither is hope. We went through the stages of, we talked about building your mission statement. And then we went through your unique guru proposition. We talked about creating an avatar for your business and the importance of that. I'm trying to give you as much as I can in the time allotted. And then we went deep also on just the difference between you and someone else and why you, why this business, why now. Then we also went through the 13 crucial steps of a business. Plan the things that you need when you, things that you don't, and when a business plan is necessary and when it isn't. All right, so I think we've gotten a lot done in this first lesson. Though, if you have to take one thing away, I, w- I hope you take everything away, but if there's one thing you take away, one gem, it's that. The most crucial strategy behind the most successful spiritpreneurs is the unique guru proposition. All right. If you are selling Mary Kay, what makes you different than that Mary Kay woman over there? If you are, if you are selling, if you are doing travel, for example, you know, are do you only service? Maybe you have a special line of service that helps people, helps gay people, gay families. be able to go places where they're gonna be safe you know maybe you help uh you know you service bachelorettes you have bachelorette packages for women you know who are wanting to go out with their girlfriends and you cater to that market the possibilities when you become the guru are endless endless all right so the other most critical strategy behind the success of most spiritpreneurs is your platform. That is something that any, anyone who is wanting to represent you or publish you or anything is going to ask about. And so your platform and you want to know, okay, well, That's nice, Abiola, but how do I get clients and customers? We're going to get into all of that in lesson two. Let me just check and make sure that we've got everything else. Oh, I just want to just say, as with anything else, this is not a guarantee of wealth and success and, you know, it works if you work it, that someone else cannot do it for you. This is about you taking responsibility for your own well-being and putting these things into effect for you okay you got that got it all right so your homework is to work on your mission statement and to work on your unique guru proposition and i will see you in lesson two I would love if you have any questions, thoughts, suggestions, or if you just wanna just say hi, to leave me a comment below and let me know what's on your mind. If there is a story that you would like to share or if you have specific questions or need clarification for anything, all right? So this is really exciting. Thank you so much for being the kind of person that is willing to stop playing small and step into her greatness. I hope that you have enjoyed Number one of four for Spiritpreneur Success Strategy. Again, if you are not yet registered, be sure to register. Go to bombshellmybusiness.com so that you can get the other lessons and also get the cheat sheets and everything that goes along with this free course. All right, my loves. Namaste. The Sacred Bombshell and me. Sees, adores, respects, and affirms the sacred mom shell in you. <laughs> this is awesome. I feel your energy. I just want to just say that. I feel your energy. And I know that you are tired of playing small. I know that you are tired of feeling like the best kept secret. I know that you are tired of the burden of things not working the way that you want them to. But this is your time.